0: This is America First with Sebastian Gorka. What makes human beings human? What makes you sentient or intelligent? One of the things that's special about humans, greetings dear friends you are listening to America First with me, Sebastian Gorka, is not just our capacity... To absorb information. It's also our unique capacity to see patterns, to recognize when seemingly disparate things are actually connected and portray actually a trend, that they aren't random, but they are part of a broader, broader movement. It was revealed recently That a certain official in the Biden administration, who goes by the name Sam Brinton, was arrested and charged with felony theft. It's a peculiar story because he stole a piece of women's luggage from a conveyor belt, from a carousel at an airport. He didn't have any luggage. He went to the carousel, very She, she designed a piece of luggage and on camera proceeded to pick up somebody else's labeled luggage and put it inside his bag and then walk off with it, steal it. And now he is allegedly on leave. From where? Where is this first transgender presidential appointee on leave from? The Department of Energy. Sam Brinton holds the title of Deputy Assistant Secretary of the Office of Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition. What kind of fuel? Nuclear fuel. He's in charge of waste nuclear fuel for the most powerful nuclear nation in the world, America. Let's put some photographs up on the screen of this individual. This is him in a ball gown. A ball gown with a shaved head and a red Mohican in the middle of his bald head. Doesn't look like a man, doesn't look like a woman. He looks like the definition of abnormality. Let's go to the next photograph. This is him whipping another man dressed in a red latex, I don't know, sexual... What would you call it? I don't even know what the word is. And and then thigh-high black latex female boots. And then one more photograph of him bare-chested. These are all out there. I didn't have to dig for these. Uh, Caressing a man in a BDSM suit with a bare ass on his knees pretending to be a dog on a leash. That is Sam Brinton demonstrating his sexual perversions to the world. I have in front of me Sam Brinton's biography, his little bio, from the United States Department of Energy. By the way, this individual has to have a Q clearance. He has to have the highest clearance in the U.S. government beyond top secret – because the Department of Energy handles nuclear secrets. You need a Q clearance to be a Deputy Assistant Secretary of Nuclear Spent Fuel. In his bio, I've highlighted it right here. I'll, I'll read to you as Deputy Assistant Secretary of Nuclear Spent Fuel. Sam is a well-known advocate for LGBTQ youth. Let me read that again. LGBTQ Youth, and helped to secure protections against the dangerous and discredited practice of conversion therapy in more than half the country. The next thing is grammatically spurious because transgenderism is insanity. They're talking about him, but because he's non-binary or thinks he is, they, Sam, they identify as gender fluid and use the pronouns they, them, and theirs. This individual is clearly a schizophrenic if they use the pronoun they, them, and theirs. Last paragraph from his bio. After nearly a decade of experience in nuclear policy formation and implementation, Sam is excited to bring their knowledge. He's got balls He's got a penis. It's not their knowledge. It's his knowledge. To bring their knowledge and passion for nuclear waste as a self-proclaimed hashtag nuclear nerd to the Department of Energy. This isn't just one weird story that will disappear. I need you to understand the pattern. This story happens just two days after the eruption of the Balenciaga Scandal, In which one of the most exclusive fashion houses in the world released an ad campaign using children, using toddlers, promoting BDSM outfits, holding teddy bears in bondage, domination and sadomasochism sexual wear with documents in the photo shoot being left lying in plain sight concerning a Supreme Court decision that allowed or was positive with regards to child pornography. This comes after more than a year of what in the mainstream media? Sorry, not the mainstream media. What am I talking about? the alternative, conservative, fact-based media, of drag queen story hours at local libraries, of a Republican governor for Virginia winning his office after it was found that pedophilic, pornographic children's books were being kept in the libraries of schools in Fairfax and Loudoun County in Virginia. And it comes on the heels of, thanks to Matt Walsh and others, the news that famed hospitals such as Boston's Children's Hospital are undertaking the mutilation of children, the removal of the breasts, the sexual organs, the chemical castration of young boys and girls on the altar of the ideology that is transgenderism. Do you see the pattern now? Sam Brinton isn't a one-off. He's not the outlier. He is the exemplar of the normalizing of the abnormal, of the main lining of the perverse. The idea that he's an advocate for LGBT youth, fighting conversion therapy. You mean recognizing that boys are boys and girls are girls? Every civilization will be measured in its final analysis by on its treatment of the most vulnerable in its society, the aged, the venerable, the unborn and children. They are targeting our children. We must stop them and protect innocence and protect the vulnerable. I'm Sebastian Gawker. This is America First coming to you live from the relieffactor.com studios. Be sure to subscribe right now. Go to Spotify, plug in my name. Never miss an episode. Give us a five-star review and share the links with your friends. Likewise, Christmas will soon be upon us. Check out our store. Everything is made in America. If you're proud of America, go to That's SebgorkaStore.com. That's S E B G-O-R-K-A Store.com to America First with Sebastian Gorka, former strategist to President Donald J. Trump. Are you still in that Thanksgiving mood? Are you in a seasonal mood of having fun? Well, you can't miss the third hour making movies great again with the one and only Chris Coles. Amazing fun. It's our new series. We have the Manhood Hour on Fridays. We have Making Movies Great Again on Mondays, celebrating the best of American popular culture. Uh, This hour, we're going to talk about the amazing events occurring in China. Could the regime be in trouble? And what is Elon Musk doing at Twitter? Can he survive? Can he turn it around and make it a free speech platform? In just an hour and 25 minutes, allegedly, there will be a vote in the Senate to pass the cloture of the Defense of Marriage Act, which is actually an assault on religious freedoms in America. What do we do when they're coming after our religious freedoms? What do we do when they hire 86,000 new agents for the IRS to clamp down on conservatives just like they did in the Lois Lerner scandal under Obama? Well, somebody on my team who will go nameless, Alex, sent me this video of a pastor who... um, He's got a certain answer to this question of government persecution and threats to 501c3 non-profit status of churches. It's rather good. I'm going to play the whole cut. Play it. So guess what I did this week? I got an
2: attorney. And I dissolved our stinking 501c3 in this church because the government ain't gonna tell me what I can and what I can't say. So, IRS, we don't need your stupid tax exempt status. You can put it in a bag and burn it in your front yard for all we care. I renounce 501c3 communism in this church. So we'll say what we want to, Skippy Lou. And the IRS and the FBI and everybody we've been turned into can eat my dirty socks on live TV. I revoke our 501c3 status and IRS, we don't give two flips what you think about it. We're squeaky clean. Give 90% of our money away and we ain't afraid of you because this is America and we got a constitutional right to say what needs to be said. Even when it chaps your hide and makes you feel bad about yourself. So put me in the news again. Get mad again. Send your protesters again. Threaten to kill me again. I ain't stopping. I ain't quitting. I ain't going to back up, pack up, slack up, or shut up until I've been taken up by the glory of God. As a matter of fact, I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started.
0: I don't know. Who, what, Alex, who is that pastor? That's Pastor Greg Locke in Tennessee. Greg Locke in Tennessee. For those of you who aren't watching on video, he sounds like, you know, some kind of Baptist preacher from the South. But that's a white pastor. And I don't know who Skippy Lou is, but I love that. I'm going to do whatever I want, Skippy Lou. We we need more of that kind of attitude in America. Why? Because they're not going to give up. They're coming back. Here's Fauci talking about the pandemic isn't over. Cut eight.
1: is this country ready for another pandemic? And are we still in the one we have not, that, yeah. that we've been talking about? Well, we
2: certainly are still in it. I think you just need to look at the numbers. We're still having between three and 400 deaths per day so I, I
0: think the idea that forget it this is over it isn't we're going into the winter right now that's this weekend that's stunning 300, 300 deaths a day o- of who exactly is it 400 pound people is it people who are 96 years old he says he's retiring he's getting out of the way before he's subpoenaed by congress but still selling the fact that we've got a pandemic? What is your response going to be? What happens when they shut down or try to shut down the schools again? So I had a very sobering discussion with three young gentlemen over Thanksgiving. One of them is a scion of a very, very famous conservative family in America. And I was shocked by what all three of them said. None of them voted in the midterm elections. Now I, I I get it. Midterm elections not exciting, not sexy. It's not like a presidential election. Doesn't have the fanfare. It's your local candidate. But the the one of them <clears throat> who's from a very famous conservative family said, and and we live in you know the same part of Northern Virginia. He asked me and my wife. I don't even know who my candidate was. Now, what does that mean? I pushed back on him. I was relatively gentle. But his response to me saying, what what do you mean, you don't know who your candidate is? He said, the GOP, and this is a guy who is an avowed conservative. He's a young, young man. He's graduated college, doing his first job, worked super hard, conservative values, a patriot. He said the following, the GOP didn't do enough work to reach out to me. Now, at one level, and I actually said this to him, I thought, what What do you mean didn't do enough work to reach out to you? I, I, are you an entitled millennial or gen zer that has to be spoon-fed information somebody has to bring the ballot to you and say hey this is the republican one can you can you tick this box here which is what the democrats do or if you believe in america if you understand and i actually said this that people have died lots of people have died for you to have the possibility to choose your own government. This is exactly what the people of China right now are risking imprisonment and death, protesting in favor for, to have the right to choose their government. The idea that the political parties have to come to you, but it's an election year. Surely if you're a adult, Shouldn't you be able to work out for yourself, maybe in five minutes, maybe maybe 30 minutes tops, who is the candidate in your district that wants your vote, whether they deserve it, whether they've made a cogent argument in the face of the, the Democrat opponent? So here I just raise the question for you. I don't know how old you are. Radio skews to an older demographic. I I get it, but we're on video. We're on social media as well. I'd be curious to hear from you about how the young around you voted, especially those who identify themselves as conservatives, and whether they voted at all. And if they didn't, what does that mean for us? What is incumbent upon us? Did we fail? Should I have... I mean, I've had cigars with these boys multiple times in the last six months till, you know, the wee hours of the morning. Should I have asked them, hey, what do you think of this candidate? Or have they convinced you? Or should I, should I be the one walking them through this field of candidates? Hmm. All right, let's take a call from one of our sagacious listeners. Let's go to the West Coast. Let's go to Los Angeles. Don, happy Monday. Oh, Dr. G, post-Thanksgiving, Merry pre-Christmas. Thank you. What brings you uh, to our what, show today, Don?
3: Well, real quickly, I heard what you said about the whole thing with Trump and Kanye and this bozo. And the important thing, man, just... Uh, You've got to hit him in the teeth. Three quick things. Number one, tell him Mr. Trump put in the Abraham Accords. He's the most pro-Israel president <laughs> yes. in history. Yes. Uh, the idea that he's an anti-Semite with his daughter and son-in-law, Orthodox Jews, got to be smoking crack cocaine. Yep. Number two, the Democrat, Nancy Pelosi, that horrible witch, she's on the cover of magazines with The Squad, the most vicious, virulent yes. anti-Semites on earth, and uh, not a word. Mr. Obama has a picture with uh, Farrakhan that suddenly surfaced. Yeah. And and David Duke and Farrakhan sent Ilhan Omar love emojis after one of our anti-Semitic rants. So as the Lord Jesus, our Savior, the God who walked among us said, cast a beam out of your eye before you cast a speck out of mine.
0: And don't forget, Don, that photograph of Obama and Farrakhan, was deep sixth for six years. The photographer was told not to release it, lest Obama be identified with that awful, awful black supremacist and anti-Semite. Thank you, Don, for those reminders. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. If you enjoy the show, make sure that you never miss any of our one-on-ones. Go right now. Subscribe on Spotify. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First. Write us a five-star review. Share the links with your buddies. And then check out all the amazing America First gear at sebgorka store.com. The latest is the MAGA returns shirt celebrating the president's announcement. Trump 2024 MAGA is back. Get yours today, Seb GorkaStore.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A Store.com.
2: In the frosty air. Four little ones and then three, uh, three older ones. But one of my little ones doesn't even know me. But this will be his first year getting something from me. And, you know, and I, I wish I was there to see his face. But, you know, I know he's going to accept it with love because it's from me.
0: This is the first year my little one is receiving a Christmas gift from me. I know he's going to be happy. Who is that person? That is an incarcerated father. He's one of the people that our prison fellowship program is supporting. More than one and a half million children in America Have a parent behind bars this Christmas. Last year, God bless every single one of you, you managed to get 236,000 presents to these children. Will you make a difference today? Our Angel Tree program just costs $25 for a gift from an incarcerated mother or father to their parent with a message of love that they're not forgotten and a children's Bible. If you give $125, that's five children you're helping. 70% of them will end up in prison as well. Let's break the cycle. Let's make them feel a little bit more loved. They're so vulnerable, you can make a difference. Go today to my website. The easiest way to donate is to just click on the Angel Tree banner at the top of the site, or you can call them directly to make your donation, 888-206-2794. It is one of the most blessed things you can do in this Christmas season. If you want to help a child that is vulnerable, that needs To feel loved, call today 888-206-2794 or just go to sebgorka.com and click on the Angel Tree banner. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, sebgorka.com and the Angel Tree banner. He's a very hard man to get on the show. It's easy to get President Trump on the show. But we're delighted whenever he deigns to appear with us. He is the co-founder of that superb website, thefederalist.com. Sean Davis, welcome back to America First. Thank you for having me. All right. So I went to your Twitter feed early today and I saw you retweet one of Elon Musk's recent posts. It's uh, Pepe the Frog smoking a cigar and it says, I don't care about this particular psyop." op honestly. Are you surprised that Elon Musk is retweeting Pepe the Frog?
4: Uh, yeah, a little pleasantly surprised. I was, <laughs> I was amused by it. He... Um, I guess one of the perks that comes with being the richest man on Earth is that uh, you're able to just take it in stride when uh, all the major trillion-dollar corporations on Earth come at you, like Apple or Facebook or all of them. Um, So, yeah, I think it's a good sign. I will say, though, that I'm I'm less bullish on Musk than everyone else because he, as of yet, hasn't done anything – to nuke the algorithmic shadow banning of people based on politics, and I'd really like to see him tackle that going
0: forward. Didn't he promise? Didn't he promise to at least reveal the algorithms if he bought bought Twitter? He did a couple months ago, and,
4: and then uh, in the last week or two, he he sent out a tweet saying he believed in freedom of speech, not freedom of reach, and he was going to continue if people used hate speech or things to throttle them and deny them an audience. And that makes me a little sad because, uh, you know, what is hate speech to to the little wokes that used to run that operation? Hate speech was saying something like boys and girls are different.
0: Right. Do you think, however, that it is a good sign that he's made all the right enemies in the last five months?
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. I I think it's great that he he allowed uh, Trump, the 45th president of the United States, to come back, even if Trump chooses not to tweet. That was an abomination that had ever happened. Yeah. Um, I like that he has announced what appears to be an, what he called an amnesty for suspended or banned accounts to bring them back. Um, but but me being who I am, I, I don't want just uh, half a loaf. I want the whole loaf when it comes to free speech. So right. I want people who are banned for speech, who are throttled for speech, all that erased. Half measures to me aren't enough.
0: How significant do you think it is that he's called out Apple and Tim Cook by name for their suppression of free speech by not advertising on Twitter? How big do you think that is?
4: Well, so that, one, that one's interesting. I, I think it's, uh, it, it's interesting, but I think there's more going on with this Apple battle than just free speech. Um, I think there is this fee that Apple charges through its app store. You know, Apple's got this big monopoly on who gets to have anything in the store, yes, and they use that to extract rents from people in the form of a 30% tax. And I think there's a battle over that going on with Apple saying, no, we want 30% of these new $8 subscriptions coming in because it's being done through the Apple Store, you're subscribing through the Apple Store. I actually think that's the real battle that they're fighting, and – And Elon may just be leaning into the free speech thing because it's convenient and helpful for him right now. But I I think money's at the root of that issue.
0: Sneaky. What about this latest report that Apple, prior to the uh, current demonstrations in China, restricted their airdrop file sharing service only inside China to make it harder for protesters to share files?
4: Not surprising at all. Apple is made in China. It's made with slave labor. Uh, they depend upon forced uh, labor and slavery uh, in China in order to make the things that they make and sell them for the price that they sell it at. So, you know, Apple, it may be located in America, uh, but like so many companies now, it's not an American company. Yeah. It's a company that seems to exist uh, uh, to serve China, do whatever it wants, since or however it wants. So while it was disappointing to see them do that, it was one of the least surprising things I've ever seen. Of course, they're going to kowtow to the country that makes possible their massive profits and their their manufacturing operations.
0: And the fact that the truly historic events we're witnessing on the streets of China are basically it's as if they're not occurring as far as the mainstream media is concerned, Sean?
4: Yeah, the media is having a tough time right now because what China is doing is no different than what China did a year or two ago with the initial COVID lockdown. It's no different than what people like Fauci and a bunch of people in the corrupt corporate media said the U.S. should be doing. Remember, these people said the U.S. should have modeled its COVID response after China. So I think the media is in a real pickle now where they they probably, you know, in their hearts, side with the people who are being burned alive by the communist Chinese Uh, But at the same time, they don't want to go and criticize uh, the, the same government that they lauded not all that long ago for doing this exact same thing over COVID.
0: Yeah, yeah. We, we had uh, what was it, Carl Schwab last week say China is such an admirable model for other countries to emulate. Absolutely shocking. Uh, last question. We opened the show with a cut from uh, Congressman Ronnie Jackson about how uh, we have to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. We have to get very serious in the new Congress. Uh, you're rather outspoken on your Twitter feed. You can follow him at Sean M. Dav. Do you have any expectation? that this GOP House will be more serious than the last one?
4: Before the election, I, I think when a lot of us were expecting maybe, maybe a bigger majority, I had higher hopes. Um, right now, you know, they're looking at maybe a nine-seat majority yep. at the most. Um, even if they wanted to be super aggressive, which I don't believe is true because I've been alive for the past 20 years and i watch what happens when republicans take charge all the things they promise suddenly you know they can't find the courage to do um but but i think the vote margins now are going to make anything that's all that meaningful really really difficult to do
0: oh dear he's a sober individual so uh we don't need to take a pinch of salt with that comment he is the ceo and the co-founder of the federalist Check it out right now. Bookmark it. It's a superb site, thefederalist.com. Follow him on Twitter at Sean Dav. Thank you, Sean. Have a very, very Merry Christmas. I'm Sebastian Gorka. Next we're going to talk China with one of the best. He's the author of the Spengler column. He is David Goldman. Don't forget we are on all social media by the fascists at YouTube. You can follow us on Truth Social, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, Salem News Channel, on CloudHub, on Telegram, you name it, and Substack. Follow us today.
4: say that uh, calling Alvin Bragg
0: a DA is like calling Jeffrey Dahmer a vegan. Okay? (laughs) This guy doesn't prosecute crime. He forgives crime. Calling the New York uh, prosecutor... (laughs) <laughs> um, a DA is, like, calling Jeffrey Dumb a vegan. you got to love Judge Janine. There's some good people left at Fox, and she is definitely one of them. Welcome back. I'm Sebastian Gorka. Where did the first hour go that sheer insanity just <coughs> disappeared like a willow the wisp We will be discussing so many things in this hour. What happened to Sam Harris? Why did he delete himself? And then the disastrous interview with Kanye West on Tim Pool's show last night. But first... I knew I liked him for a reason. He has depressed me immensely with his latest article, but I have since I read it found out that he is a very sagacious individual because he too does not understand why people go to the beach. What is the point of frying yourself, turning yourself into a lobster, getting all salty and frying yourself? It makes no sense, and he shares my conviction on that issue. Lord Conrad Black, welcome back to America First.
1: Thank you. Glad to be with you.
0: Sebastian. So I don't think I haven't heard many other people share that conviction, but I really don't understand the whole beach thing. Give me, give me a forest, give me a mountain, any day of the week.
1: Uh, yeah, the forests are fine as long as you don't get too many mosquitoes.
0: Oh, this is true. The, this is true. This is you're, true. You're that Central European
1: tradition of the forest murmurs. I think there's a bit of the Wagner in you.
0: Oh, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. All right. So the latest piece, which. Uh, um, <clears throat> Oh, my gosh. It was a tough read. It's from the Epoch Times. It's called Is America in Decline? Uh, uh, the answer is quite a solid uh, yes to that. However, he has revealed to me that he is an optimist. Um, let me just read one segment from your article, which is a pretty factual recitation of, of what happened in, in the four years of the Trump administration. Whatever else must be said of Donald Trump? He represented a shaped up Western alliance, fully armed and determined to prevent continued Chinese advance at the expense of the West, effective opposition to North Korea and Iran as nuclear powers, and a determination to reverse the erosion of America by the admission of countless millions of migrants, partly masking the smuggling in with them of unfeasible quantities of lethal drugs. Trump also represented the celebration of the unifying American nationality over atomizing inflamed groups, protesting multifarious forms of victimhood, self-serving nihilists, gnawing at the bowels of America and denigrating virtually all of its characteristics and traditions. Now, I I could go on. And please, I want everybody to read the article. It is a superb summation of those four years. Um, But I feel that your contention is because you. Call the midterms quote the disaster of the midterms are you saying that the American people consciously willingly rejected that recitation of successes
1: no I'm not what I'm saying is and, and this is what it I must confess it shocked me and it does to some degree depress me but does not make me a defeatist I believe uh, the the political options that you and I and no doubt most of your listeners broadly share will succeed. But but there is a setback here, and I, I put it in these terms. Uh, the, the fact is that on two consecutive occasions, two years apart, uh, the, the American public effectively preferred Biden to Trump. Now, I, I want to qualify that. I think the 2020 election was a very compromised election. Uh, I, I think the, the handling of huge quantities of uh, harvested ballots that could not be verified uh, leaves great doubt about whether the the result that emerged was was an authentic or an honest one. But that's not the point. The system works as it works and and biden emerged as the president and two years later despite the fact that three quarters of the people thought the country was heading in the wrong direction the polls were quite accurate so if they were accurate in predicting a close race in pennsylvania for example uh, they were also accurate i think in, in showing that three quarters of the people uh, disagreed with the way the country was going and about Sixty percent of them uh, had, had had a negative view of the Biden presidency. But that was effectively offset to make the midterms more or less of a draw. It was effectively uh, by the ability of the Democrats to sell this monstrous fraud that a vote for a Republican was a vote for Trump related violence and chaos. Uh, bad character and um, bigotry towards certain groups, all of which is false, for which there is no excuse and no possible serious argument. And the fact that the the country bought enough of that to make it basically a break-even midterm election uh, that I have to say shocked me and worried me about the uh, the judgment of the American electorate, which all my conscient life I've thought to be uh, probably the most astute of any advanced country in the world.
0: All right, now uh, I don't want to risk uh, our, our radio friendship, but he- here's my counter to that, because what you have portrayed is a a conscious decision at the polling stations based upon uh, an image of Trump that is false. But you said something very interesting right now with regards to the 2020 election and the last election. You said the system works as it works. And I think that's where the explanation lies, not in some self-defeating choice, of 70% of the country who think Biden is bad but then decided to vote for Biden's candidates, I think the answer lies in the nature of the system. If we look at the fact that by election evening there were 20 million more votes for Republicans than for Democrats, that has been whittled down to about a a 3 million uh, vote lead for the GOP. I think it's the mechanisms of not voting Not counting votes, but counting ballots that provides us the answer. It wasn't in most states, in, in Pennsylvania, for example, even in Virginia, which had 45 days of voting, which is sheer insanity under Republican governor. People didn't do what you or I do, Conrad, which is on the day of the election, go into the polling station and make a decision based upon preferences we've been mulling over for the last two or three months. What we saw in places like Pennsylvania was a mechanism exploited by the Democrats with 50 days of voting, with half of that state, for example, voting before Fetterman even debated Dr. Oz. There's no question of the election being decided for those voters on the merits, on Trump v. v, v Biden or anybody else. It was the mechanics of a Democrat party that simply ballot-harvested the gop into into a defeat Uh, can we not see the mechanisms the exploitation of post-covid harvesting as perhaps more an explanation of this shocking result than people saying i'm going to choose the administration that's actually bad for me
1: i think you make an awfully good point and i should have stressed that more as you know the the I only had a little over a thousand words to write, and these are very complicated things. Yeah. And I, I probably should have stressed that more. I think you made the point—a very important point—and you made it very well. And and I and my I should have I should have somehow made room to and and the challenge is for
0: us as conservatives because you or i i mean we we want a a chain of custody we want to go to the polling station show our id get the ballot fill it in ourselves we don't want to give it to a harvester we don't want to have somebody else put it in a in a collection box the challenge is for conservatives i think lord black in the next two years to play the democrats at their game i mean legally but to play their game either alter the system so we oh, yes get back if to possible Day, if possible or
1: or adapt so that the Republicans can fight this kind of an election just as well as the Democrats that I agree but in fairness um, in fairness Sebastian I didn't say that that the or I certainly I, I, I didn't mean and I don't think I wrote that the the, the public has, you know, has consciously rejected what, I, what you and I agree with. What I did say was that the system operated in a way that enabled the Democrats to counter the, the widespread clear majority view that this administration is doing a poor job yes. and the country is going in the wrong direction to counter that. Uh, effectively by exploiting this nonsense about the challenge to democracy and the right. threat to right. to democracy and characters on the ballot, said the head of the Biden crime family. Uh, and and um, and to negate that widespread public feeling that the administration's incompetent and something should be done of it. I wasn't Altogether complaining about the mentality of the people and and being depressed about that, I was I was, I was somewhat downhearted by the combination of uh, the the people not rejecting this nonsense. Yes, that, the, the absurdity, that, uh, the the, the, ca- the calumny that wrong uh, with the right, the,
0: the, the, that democracy is in danger. Okay, wow, I think our relationship is safe. We'll be back with the Lord Black after these messages. Stay with us here on America First. I'm James Ackerman, the president and CEO of Prison Fellowship. On behalf of our entire staff, and more importantly, the prisoners' families you bless, I want to personally thank you for your donation to our Salem Radio Network Angel Tree Campaign. Thanks for opening your heart and your wallet this Christmas season. All right, guys, in just a couple of days, I think two days, what is it, day and a half, two days, you've already raised enough to give Christmas gifts to almost 100 children who have mothers or fathers in prison this Christmas. My goal here on this show is 1,000 kids. Last year, all of Salem raised enough for 236,000 children to receive gifts from their incarcerated parent. Will you be one of them? Will you help one and a half million children have a parent in prison in America today. 70% of those children will end up behind bars themselves. We can help break that cycle with the Prison Fellowship. Program just one donation of twenty five dollars gets a prison gets a gift from their incarcerated parent to the child with a note from that parent and also a children's Bible. One hundred twenty five dollars is five children whose Christmas you will make a little bit brighter. It's one of the most blessed things you can do this Yuletide. Please donate as much as you can. Go to my website sebgorker.com and click on the angel tree banner at the very top of the site or you can call them to make your donation it's tax deductible at 888-206-2794 once again that number 888-206- 2794 or just go to my website and click on the Angel Tree banner at the top. That's Seb Gorka. S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A. Seb Gorka.com. He's Lord Conrad Black. He is the co-host of the uh, podcast Scholars and Sense with Victor Davis Hansen, with Bill Bennett. He's the author of numerous works, all worth your time. The most recent, of course, is President Donald J. Trump, a president like no other. You can follow him at Conrad M. Black on Twitter. Uh, Lord Black, uh, as a a strategic thinker, as a a man of uh, international, um, you know, renowned who has followed geopolitics for decades, we have events, stunning events happening in China right now. And we have this statement from the president's spokesman. This is Admiral Kirby being asked about this administration's response to these historic, historic events on the streets of Beijing and elsewhere. I have to get your response. Cut seven, John Kirby.
4: I'm wondering, what is the president's reaction when he hears protesters in China chant freedom or Xi Jinping step down?
2: The president's not going to speak for protesters around the world. They're speaking for themselves.
4: So there's no reaction.
2: The, 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 these protesters are speaking for themselves. What we are doing is making it clear that we support the right of peaceful protest.
0: Just to compare that to the Reagan years or the Thatcher years, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I may be a child of the Cold War, but but I, I'm boggled to hear a presidential representative saying, oh, the protesters speak for themselves. We're not going to comment.
1: Yeah, well, look, I, I don't want to pick on Admiral Kirby, but I have I've always found him uh, in his former role and where he is now uh, as an absolute stumble-bum. I mean, he yeah. looks like he's a pleasant man, but but uh, he, he's he's tongue-tied and he can never get it out right. I mean, uh, when he said that he, con- he directly contradicted the Secretary of State, Blinken, when he had said in Poland that he was green-lighting, the transfer of Polish warplanes to Ukraine, and two days later, Kirby came on and said, no, that's escal- escalatory. We won't do it. I just thought of, you know, what would have happened if the Pentagon spokesman had contradicted Henry Kissinger or <laughs> James Baker or George Shultz. You know, but their next job would be explaining post office regulations in Alaska or something. Right. I, I mean, I, 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 I find the men, the wrong, like most almost everybody in that administration, are the wrong people in the wrong positions. But, uh, uh, of course, it's an outrage. I mean, the The position of the United States should be that it respects the sovereignty of all other countries, but it certainly has nothing but good wishes for those who seek to enhance their own liberty and to transform their countries into responsible citizenship countries where governments are based on popular consultation.
0: How, how significant is it that what seems ostensibly actually to have started in one of the most elite colleges in China as a, a rejection of renewed lockdown measures by Beijing in the last three or four days has has transmogrified into these young students? I mean, it's something chilling. I mean, it, it sends you know, positive shivers down the spine of they're holding up blank sheets of paper saying this is what we're allowed to say in Xi's China. Uh, That's historic, is it not, Conrad? It is.
1: But the litmus test in these things always is when the authorities feel so threatened, they tell the constabulary to fire live ammunition yeah. at the protesters. Yeah. And uh, Ceausescu did that. Instead, they killed Ciausescu. Uh but the, but the the regime in Iran can still do that. They've had rioting there for months all around the country. And and they've killed a lot of people. And, and they have forces that are still prepared to kill their own people. Uh, the Shah couldn't do that. And he never gave such orders anyway. But uh, I, I suspect that the, uh, the Xi regime still has cadres so highly trained that they will fire, if necessary, live ammunition at, at demonstrating citizens who, who who have a good cause to complain. Uh so I I think it's clearly shaking the country and it will be particularly offensive to the Chinese because they have this terribly exaggerated notion of always saving face and never suffering indignity. And and few things can be more undignified than this sort of thing, where the whole country's in protest. And despite their extravagant claims for the last two years that only they know how to deal with COVID, having inflicted it on the world, uh, that obviously they don't know how to deal with it and they're losing control of it. So it'll be very embarrassing for them, but I, I doubt. I, I'm sorry to sound like a you know you're in-house pessimist this week because I'm not. I'm not a pessimist. I'm I'm an optimist. Uh, but but I, I doubt that they will really profoundly shake Xi's regime right now. But it's upsetting for them, and uh, obviously our 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 thoughts and hopes are with them.
0: Yeah, you, you, we, are, we are three for three right now in the last 24 hours. Uh, David P. Goldman, one of the best sinologists out there yesterday, said uh, uh, the worst comes to the worst. Some local uh, Politburo members will be scapegoated and violence will be used to suppress it. Just an, uh, an hour ago, my former White House colleague, former uh, U.S. Defense Attaché in Beijing, General Spaulding, said uh, the regime will crush this mercilessly. And now we have a Conrad Black. Very, very sobering. But as you say, uh, the beacon of liberty, the shining city on the hill, should at least, at least say that we stand shoulder to shoulder with anyone who wishes to have a representative government and have freedoms in their own nation. We've been talking to Lord Conrad Black, co-host of Scholars and Sense. Follow him at ConradMBlack.com. Also Twitter, ConradMBlack. The latest article is a wake-up call for those who uh, think it's business as usual in American politics. You can find it. We're reposting it at the Epoch Times right now. I'm Sebastian Gorka. If you enjoy America First, don't forget to subscribe to our... Our podcast. Go to Spotify, plug in my name, Sebastian Gawker, America First. It's absolutely free. Give, give us a five-star review. Share the links with your friends. And don't forget that we are on all social media platforms. Bow the fascistic YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, at the SalemNewsChannel.com platform, Parler, Getter, Telegram, Cloud Hub, and most important is our Substack. Go to com. We'll be back with your call- Calls here on America First.